I like how you just asked the question because I feel like it is an amalgam. Like sometimes there's a laundry list and there's people, uh, you know, we talk about differentiation of class. We talk about differentiation of instruction, but there's differentiation of personality too. So when you Ooh. have, right, you have, a, you have teachers, you have students, and you know there's some that are pretty strong and that can deal with the hit or the brunt of things. But then you have those who might need a little bit more you know, coddling and hand-holding um, and more conversations, and that's okay. Uh, you know, yeah. trying to be that resource or that beacon of light, that, that voice of reason. Um, it becomes an onerous work, yes, but, you know, I think... At the end of the day, it, it, you can almost bank on knowing that if you provide certain uh, extensions of care or what the business world would call ethics of care, you'll meet the demands of your vision. So when I think of ethics of care, one is knowing your staff, it's knowing the kids, it's knowing who's going to probably pop in your office in five minutes because he or she is going crazy. <laughs> um, and then so, you know, just get, but being very poignant and salient about, you know, whatever the uh, feedback may be, or just being a listening ear, but being knowledgeable in the fact that, listen, you might have to preface a meeting or two. I, I see you and I want to meet with you, so but I only have five minutes. So let's, let's mm -hmm. get what we can in the five minutes. And I found that as an administrator, the majority of the time, when you at least let somebody know I'm listening and I see you, that does more for them than you could ever imagine. So, yeah. yeah, so I mean like that. It it makes the jug the juggling um, doable in the sense that, hmm. okay, I might not be able to yield a whole hour, but come in for five minutes. Or if you see them walking, I do drive-by debriefs, right? Walk if I've done an observation, yeah. hey, walk with me to my office. Listen, you didn't have this on your board, and I know you know how to do it. So I, you know, hmm. I'm going to put something in the feedback to say I need to see it next time. Uh, and they'll laugh it off as we're walking. Uh, I remember real quickly that I, I was having a debrief moment with one of my uh, teachers, and I said, uh, I'm going to ding you for you because you didn't do this. She said, I'm going to ding you back. <laughs> and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Listen, I, I think humor, right? Laughter does mm -hmm. as a good medicine. But right yes, afterwards, it's like, I'm just kidding. And I, right. But I, having a personable attitude that I'm not above you. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it don't matter what your title is. We're all human. Now, while there ought to be good graces that for somebody who's done the work and who has certain, you know, insights as a leader, I think that there it would be nice to have a respect for the person um, as well. A mutual respect as well. They should respect you right. as the because the, the work is vicariously done through teachers and we're not <laughs> naive to that. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's just important that, you know, just being. Uh, human, caring, passionate, compassionate, you know, so that people feel uh, feel open enough to come in. To I tell everybody, my door hinges on welcome and come in. And generally, if my door is open the majority of the day as an administrator, if it's closed, it's because there's a confidential meeting that has to happen, okay. and that that's what it is. But the staff knows that, and I like that because now they know that I have an open door policy, so there's no poor, no fence. No closed door, mm -hmm. but you see me, I see you, and you can stop in. I might not have all day, but <laughs> and that makes a difference. I think what you're saying there too, of like you seeing the staff, can then allow the staff to know, like, hey, I know that my admin sees me. Now I can give my attention to the kiddos, 
And I think that's super important for them as well, too, for the kiddos, you know, like, hey, my teacher sees me, knows what I'm about, knows what I'm into, um, understands where my gaps are and is working the best to, to help me. Can I ask, because I, I forget, do you serve middle school kiddos or do you serve high school? Or was it like where we worked before where it was uh, K through 12? It's a K-6 now. We have, okay. we have, well, I should say we are K-12 school, but we have two different campuses. So the campus that I serve on is the K-6 sam- uh, campus, and then there's a 712 campus across town. Yes. Okay. The reason why I ask is because one of the conversations I've been having with a couple teachers is, because I teach middle school as well, mm-hmm. um, the kiddos that I serve, I am sort of ushering them to, to high school. However, once they get to high school, now the ideas of university or are you going to go to a trade school and those options aren't really conversations that I have much with my sixth or seventh graders. Maybe the eighth graders will like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about, Mr. Pierre. What are your ideas? I was thinking for you as an admin, what are some things that you sort of put onto the radar of not only the kiddos, but also the teachers to say, yes, college is an option, but we know that college and university isn't for everyone. What are the other options that are sort of presented to teachers um, or are they presented to teachers so that they can then relay that information to, uh, to their kiddos? Well, I like that our school is built on career and college ready, like college and career readiness. Um, and we have to take into consideration career. Yeah. Right? Not just college. It says and career. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's deciding that they want to go to a tech, that they want to do HVAC, that, you know, they want to do whatever program, it's being able to turn key this philosophy about um having the necessary skills and competencies to live in society comfortably, but to be educated Mm -hmm. in whatever you do and be the best at whatever you decide to do. And I know that this is an important conversation because sometimes I have it with scholars when I go in different classrooms, I'll sit and I'll just pick (laughs) pick a day or conversation, history class does an English, if time permits. And those conversations yeah. do come up. What do you want to be? Do you know what the cost of living is these days and car and insurance and everything else? Because children, have, you know, they're eccentric. They're all about themselves. Um, and they mm-hmm. don't take into account what life really, the cost of living. <laughs> so, but it's incumbent upon the adults to provide that lens for them. And I think when we do things like that, then it's easy. For them to see that they've got to do more than have just a high school education because Dunkin' Donuts mm-hmm. ain't going to get them that car. They want not to say that working at Dunkin' Donuts is a bad thing because it's not. We need workers everywhere. But yeah. in terms of whatever you're at, at their age, whatever their choice is for life, for them to understand that this is what it's probably going to take in order for you mm-hmm. to access what you want later on. Uh, and so, uh, you know, those kind of conversations happen. Teachers, they, they do the same, you know, understand that if it's not college, it's a career, but it's a career that is lucrative. Awesome. Awesome. I think, I think that it is an important conversation to have. I would love to, to dive deep in, deeper into it because I think, yeah, college is important. University is important as well but it's not an option for everyone, nor 
do we should we as educators like like this is the only avenue that there is so to hear that uh where you where you are at is career and college ready is is important because that's what we want to we want to do for our kids we want to help them to be contributing members of our society at whatever they do because we need plumbers we need carpenters we need tradesmen we need trade people hvac as you mentioned um those are things that we need to be done as well yeah, I, I told scholars that I love that we're talking about this. I I used to have a Mercedes now. I decided to leave the Mercedes. I gave the Mercedes to my brother. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes when I tell the kiddos at school, I'm like, well, I gave my Mercedes. So they're like, oh, we want to be related to you. <laughs> Can you give me one of your yeah. cars? <laughs> you know, listen, our kids, going, they're going to ask. But um, mm-hmm. I say that because I, I told them, I said, well, I used to have a Mercedes. And the point was I went to get yeah, us because you got to get service A, service B. And I looked on the wall and it had how much they were paid for labor per hour. And I said, now this particular hmm. one, it was between $70, $80 an hour, an hour to work on my car. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. I, so I was saying, listen, sometimes, you know, I said at that point, <laughs> they were making more than I was because I was a, t- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it, we, we can't, we can't drop the ball. And you said it so eloquently um, by just having this monolith, this linear focus on it's just college. No, yeah. you know, because what yeah. would the world really look like <laughs> if we didn't have these other vocational or technical careers? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think those kind of questions and those kind of conversations help scholars to ultimately, you know, decide. And um, I think the other variable, though, sometimes can be parents. Right. Because you can have parents mm-hmm. at home that says, no, college is all you're going to do. And who, you know, yeah. and where are we on that spectrum? Because we can't step, you know what I mean? Uh, overstep. Yep. Into people's home yeah. and parenting because then uh, we're out of order. <laughs> yep, agree one hundred percent. I think yeah. the I think the biggest thing is is being able to present those options, have that knowledge be given to whichever parties um, are involved, and then step back and be like, "Hey, ultimately the decision is yours." That's mm-hmm. a conversation that's going to be had between said kid and the family members. So that they just know, because I think also that knowledge is what's really powerful, that Mm. there are some families that just don't know of like, all right, I want you to go to college, but then how are you going to pay for it? You're going to acquire all this debt. And when you come out, what are you going to do with that degree? So knowing, you know what? Maybe this is an option of going towards a, a trade, as you mentioned, the mechanic who's working on your car and earning 70 or 80. Mm-hmm. Go to a trade school be, or an apprenticeship, work at at a shop, and then know one day, hey, you could own the shop so that even more of that 70 to $80 per hour is going towards your pocket as opposed to taxes or whoever. So this is just the knowledge of knowing that you have options as opposed to just this one narrative of it's got to be college, college, college only. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's dope to hear. That's dope to hear. As always, knowing that you are a lover of uh, music and all things that are musical, uh, I got to ask you, sir, um, what is bringing you joy in terms of uh, just what's bringing you joy at the moment? And then, of course, uh, what sort of music is uh, on your playlist nowadays? You brought up a great question. So... um, (laughs) One of my favorite recording artists, Yale, just brought him here. Um, his name is Donald Lawrence. 
uh, Donald Lawrence and Company. And so, uh, yeah, they just brought them here. And interestingly, interestingly enough, they uh, asked me to teach a couple of his songs to a workshop choir. Uh, and so I did. Uh, nice. And so it, it, some of the songs that he has definitely are uh, things that have been bringing me joy. He has a song called Encourage Yourself. Um, mm. He have a, he has a song called Jehovah Sabbath, God of Angel Armies. Um, and Let's Get Back to Eden, Live on Top of the World. Now, um, and then there's one more artist, but I want to say something about that song, Back to Eden. So yes. I went to work because I love when I talk to you. I feel like I'm talking to my brother at the table somewhere. <laughs> right? You are, sir. You are. Right. Let's get into it. <laughs> that right, that southern feeling of, oh, well, let me tell you, I start getting too comfortable, start talking southern on here. Forget that I'm supposed to be professional. <laughs> so I, I, I was at work and uh, I was telling one of the, the ladies there, the director of food services, she was in the office and uh uh, it, it, the video that we had did when he came here for the concert was playing on my phone. And so she's like, what's that playing with that song, uh, Back to Eden? I said, oh, it's a song that of uh, this recording artist that just came. And so she's like, well, why is he calling it Back to Eden? So I said, oh, well, listen to this. I said, well, before Adam and Eve fell, Eden was a kingdom. Right? It was a kingdom. It was a kingdom. Everything they needed was there. The food, whatever. It was just a right, and they had communion with God. Nothing, no, no, no problems, no nothing. So I said, in this song, he's suggesting that why don't we get back to Eden and live on top of the world? So she said, Oh my God, when you told me about that, I felt chills going down my arm and down my spine. Um, and so it's just like, Wow, that made my day. So, um, and I say that because you're talking about a song that brings joy. And I had a testament right then that it, it didn't only bring mm. me joy. It brought a little Italian lady some joy, too. Um, and then there's so the last uh, song is uh, Music. And I think Robert Glasper, they have a song called Everybody Loves. Everybody Loves. And it's kind of neo-soul, but it has the bass drum of a soft house beat. So, hmm. right, because I, I love my house music, too. So um, got it, got that's, it. that's what's been bringing me joy these days. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. And so yeah. good to hear. Wow. So, folks, if you are listening to this episode of the Chronicles of Mister, I felt like there were a couple of things that Dr. Mitchell mentioned. One, sometimes we got to, not sometimes, get into the trenches with your teachers, get into the trenches with your kiddos, get their perspective so that they see that you see them. And once that happens, they'll be able to go to war with you. Knowing also too, that when time is to get grimy, there's always going to be something that can uh, pick you up and for Dr. Mitchell hearing uh, those songs that are bringing him joy. And then also how that brings others joy. Um, it's something to, to remember as, as well as that. Yeah. There are going to be times when it's rough, mm -hmm. but look for the people who are going to look to, to bring you up, meet you at your level but not stay there to, to bring you back up as well. Mm -hmm. So I am Mr. Pierre. He's Dr. Mitchell. This has been another episode of Chronicles of Mr. And we out. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Hey there, everyone. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Chronicles of Mr.